Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Views, the podcast with your hosts, I'm Dan. And I'm Lou. Where we pick a random subject each week and, well, we cast our views on it. We've got a special episode today. We say special because it's our first guest on our show, isn't it, Lou? It is. It is. This is this is great. I've turned around and I, I got here early. I made sure that I had no technical difficulties because I didn't want our guest waiting. <laughs> I want this every week, not just when we have guests. <laughs> Actually, before we get into it, how's the, we want elbow update. How's the uh, broken arm? Uh, still broken, unfortunately. Um, still no movement. I'm, I'm kind of resting it on the desk at the minute. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get through, but still a lot of pain, no sleep, but uh, you know hopefully my answer will be different in a month's time <laughs> well week by week, week like, like I said, <laughs> stay tuned for elbow update uh, before we before we uh reveal well i was going to say reveal the mystery guest if you're if you're listening to this you've obviously read the show notes you'll know who it is because the name's in the title but let's play along and keep this air of mystery a little bit longer just going to play a promo first for a an event that's happening it's called the live stream for the cure um, I think it's about the fourth or fifth year it's been running. It's going to be in May. Basically, it's it's a streaming event where they're just trying to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute, which, you know, I guess whose family hasn't, you know, our family, my family has been affected by that over the years. Um, so when we were given the opportunity to run this, I said, absolutely. The aim this year is to raise $20,000 by the end of May. So what we'll do is we'll play the promo and I'll stick some uh, links in, in the show notes. So yeah, if you're able to, to kind of help out in any way, yeah, please do. Hello, everyone. My name is Nick. I'm the host of Nikolai's Kitchen, and I'm also the host of the annual live stream for The Cure. Livestream for the Cure is a charity event where we raise money with content creators and podcast partners from around the world for the Cancer Research Institute, a wonderful nonprofit researching cancer immunotherapy, training the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. This is a mission and a future that I truly believe in. And myself and my team worked tirelessly over the past five years to raise over $50,000 for this cause. This year, we're aiming for our biggest single goal to date of $20,000, and we cannot do it without your help. Please join us for the event May 19th through the 21st, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern for 45 hours of content from people all over the world. Together, we can bring hope for a future immune to cancer. The more eyes we reach, the more dollars we raise. Please help us in making this goal a reality. Together, we can make a difference. And we're back. Right. So our guest is Satsu from the Chatsunami podcast. Hello. Hey there. Glad to be on. <laughs> Long time admirer. <laughs> Same here. I looked through the DMs on Twitter today and I realised I think I contacted you back in September or October, I think. Wow, was it that long ago? <laughs> yeah. And we've been trying since then. I think what, what happened when Lou and I were starting to talk about setting up uh, you know, podcasts. I started looking out for, for podcasts I like the look of, and and obviously, you know, we're huge gaming fans, entertainment fans, and I spotted yours. I think the artwork stands out, and I listened to a few of your episodes. It was a Bioshock one, which I'm going to mention today. That's kind of the, the first one, and that's when I spoke to you. And and me being me, it's taken me what? It's only what, six months, five months to get you on. So. 
So before we get into it, let's play your promo. And then, yeah, we said we'll grill you. Sorry, we'll ask you questions. <laughs> so here's your promo. Welcome to Shatsunami, a variety podcast that talks about topics from gaming and films to streaming and general interests. Previously on Shatsunami, we discussed Game of the Decade, Deadly Premonition, the romantic thriller Birdemic, and listen to us get all sappy as we discuss our top five Christmas films. If that sounds like your cup of tea, then you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, and all good podcast apps. As always, stay safe, stay awesome, and most importantly, stay hydrated. Right, now we get to speak to the man himself. So, <laughs> tell us about your podcast. Give us the elevator pitch. Oh, where do I begin? It was a normal weekend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was I was going to joke and say in the beginning, but I thought, no, nah, too, too long. <laughs> um, yeah, chance and army. Um, it's been, would you believe it's been over a year since I actually started it? Wow. Um, because I started streaming on Twitch in about, I think, well, sometime in early 2020, and it wasn't until about November 2020 where I thought, right, I'm on playing games anyway. I'm giving my terrible opinions on games <laughs> and films and things while I play. So I thought, you know what? Why not put it into a podcast? And one of my other friends started a podcast and I was kind of eyeing him up on the side thinking, hmm, if he can do it. <laughs> and I'm like, I wonder what would happen if I tried. And then, of course, one of my other friends... Adam, who you might have heard in the Bioshock one, um, that was actually his idea, that episode. He's a massive Bioshock fan. Oh, thank you, Adam, then. (laughs) (laughs) So he said to me after the second episode, oh, do you need a co-host? Because initially the plan was, oh, I might um, just, you know, hop from like co-host to co-host and then he said oh do you want a permanent person and I was like yes never leave (laughs) (laughs) so about a year and a bit later and yeah we've been discussing a whole load of topics from gaming and films to recently anime and really just kind of like general chit chats as well that's kind of been more apparent recently because honestly we can talk for Britain Um, (laughs) it's the editing that kills us after I must admit (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's the same with us the amount of our footage or, or recording that ends up out of it probably is more than what we put in so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah we're actually recording for four hours in order to get an hour episode out and <laughs> Dan, sitting there being like right we need to get rid of that get rid of that yeah, <laughs> yeah so i hope you bought enough snacks as we kept saying because you're, you're in for the long haul yeah i mean if they don't come to you by the end of this recording <laughs> then blame royal mail it's not me <laughs> I did send them through. <laughs> so I know I mentioned to you we're going to kind of focus on the gaming tonight more more so than the others. But you are like like you said, you are quite broad in in terms of like you, you touch upon the anime as well. So you do like to mix it up, don't you? Yeah, because initially I have to admit this this will sound like great for someone who's running a podcast, being like I didn't know what I wanted to do, but <laughs> I genuinely like at the beginning it was kind of more focused on gaming, and I say that as I realised that the first episode ever done was Dungeons and Dragons experiences. <laughs> <laughs> so like initially I thought, oh, I might as well game it toward or sorry, gear it towards gaming kind of experiences and like thoughts on certain aspects like that and then I don't know I just felt as if it was like better to 
you know, like maybe once a week or twice a week, like shift into, you know, like films and things. Mm. And I think I was kind of inspired because when we started, it was around November time and December was rolling in. And of course it was kind of the Christmas season. Mm. So my co-host and I were like, let's, you know, talk about our favourite Christmas films and things like that. And he did get me back because we did a special where we both gave each other a very bad festive film. So I gave him the the very classic you might have heard of, um, Bone Alone, which is the, <laughs> apparently, it is um, a dog version of Home Alone. <laughs> and in return... No, he... I, could stop, I could hear Lou's laughing. He thought it was <laughs> yeah. something else then. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's I, I, the reaction I always get. I was, like, I, was like, they go, what? I was like, hang on a minute, what rating yeah. is this? <laughs> Don't worry, it's a it's a Christian podcast, family friendly. <laughs> I'll have to. I was yeah. thinking, I'm definitely flicking the explicit yeah. tag on this one. <laughs> then, yeah. Um. So yeah, we just talked about that, and then it kind of expanded from there. And I had other friends who, like one of my other friends who I streamed with, was like, "Oh, do you want to talk about anime? Maybe once on your podcast." I was like, "Yeah, sure." So that's where that kind of like slowly crept in. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's just kind of good to, you know, that way when it's just like you're focused on one topic and you kind of think, you know, like you're talking for like a couple hours anyway, why not talk about, you know, something else you're into rather than just gaming? So yeah, it's been a lot of fun, Um, especially recently, like this is a kind of double-edged sword, but on the one hand, I've been doing a lot of like casual chatting um episodes yeah like we did that for our anniversary stream where we just like sat there didn't have a script we just chatted about this and that and then on the other hand it just goes on because there's not like a structure or anything it just goes on for ages so when you have to like edit it you're just like oh my god this is gonna this is gonna kill me in the end <laughs> so yeah two hours later and i'm like yeah i'm done that's it <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of the same with us. I mean, when I first started, initially I thought I wanted to put a podcast together and then realised I really didn't want to do it on my own. So asked Lou because kind of similar to what you said, me and him would be having conversations about the sort of stuff we talk about anyway. And so I thought, obviously, the perfect person to have. Um, then, you know, we decided to do the random stuff. But the, the, the thing I think sometimes is fine is about, sometimes I think, oh, would it have been better to do a single vision but then I thought no like I said because you might get a bit frustrated with that I'm sometimes I'm thinking what's the next subject we're going to do you know what, what what do we find now you know we're kind of trawling through and and a lot of the times it's some, some of the inspiration is just from an article that might flash up in the news my news feed or something on Twitter and that then kind of pings off a, a thought process about what we could potentially do the next week. Yeah, it's like a two minute read on Twitter all of a sudden <laughs> turns into an hour and a half long podcast episode. <laughs> and that's the amazing thing because we do always say, well, for, for weeks, I've given up saying it now, haven't I, Lou? We used to say, right, let's just see if we can keep it back. 45 minute, that might be the sweet spot. And we then record for an hour and a half, don't we? We're going to give a 45 minute episode once and be like, wow, oh yeah. my God. <laughs> So, so you've probably, I mean, you've probably been asked it before, but the name Chat Tsunami. So, it, was that? Did you say that was based on your your Twitch, your Twitch name? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it was actually one of my friends who came up with it. It was. Um, I was chatting away to them, and I was like, I really want because I was telling them before I started the podcast, I was like, I really want to start a podcast 
but I have absolutely zero idea what to call it because I thought, like, Satsunami podcast, I thought that doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. <laughs> um, so I thought, what could I call it? And then they're like, well, you're chatting about things. Why not chat Tsunami? And I was like, oh, my God, you're brilliant. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the name just stuck ever since. Um, and that was it. It was, yeah, kind of lucky that it actually fit. <laughs> The naming scheme. You know what, as well, that's an amazing brainstorm for whoever you ask <laughs> oh, there, because yeah. that is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, because the person I asked is, like, very... They've got, like, the same kind of humour as I do, in terms of, like, kind of dad jokes, pun humour. <laughs> so it was, like, two punny people, like, coming together being like, okay, what can we use? What can we use? And then they were like, oh, use this. And I'm like, yep, brilliant. That's it. <laughs> Slap it on the red panda. Go. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> just going back into the streaming stuff as well what kind of motivated you to get into streaming in the first instance so i guess it's kind of like a lot of people during 2020 because it was around i think late march early april where well you'll know that the um pandemic that shall not be named yeah. <laughs> over that, yeah. um, was like tearing through the country and the country was in lockdown and Obviously, because not a lot of people were getting out, a lot of people were kind of turning to streaming. And it was the same friend who did the podcast as well, or rather who inspired me to do the podcast, started like dipping their toes into streaming. And they're like, oh, why don't you try it? Because I've always wanted to do some kind of content creation. And I thought, do I want to do it? Because I tried like YouTube and I've tried like different bits and pieces and nothing's really stuck. So when they said, oh, do you want to try streaming? I was like, yeah, okay, I guess. Absolutely terrifying, can I just say? <laughs> like, being quite a shy person in real life and then putting myself on live and thinking, please don't say anything that's going to make me look like an idiot. Please don't say um, But I was going to say, because it oh, is quite... No, sorry, I was going to say, because it is quite an intimate thing, isn't it? Because, you, like you said, you are putting yourself out there live, you know, so it oh, is yeah. quite quite a a strange thing i i remember toying with the idea but then thought no i definitely can't do that i would definitely recommend it but there are like (laughs) i always remember like when i started out it was just like people who like knew me in real life so they were like coming up saying oh we're gonna check out your streaming things and i was getting a bit kind of i suppose deflated's the right word where it was just them coming in and I thought, okay, I'm not really seeing any growth. So I thought, okay, I'll try and network with other streamers. And I feel as if much like podcasting, it's like trying to find your kind of community in your Mm. own niche. And then once you find that, you kind of find other people within that community and you start supporting each other. And it's honestly been a fantastic experience. You still get weird people coming in and saying like, hey, can I play this game with you? And it's like, I have absolutely no idea who you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm and, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah it's like, you, know, you, you just say there. Although one thing I have to admit that was semi-embarrassing, there's a thing called raiding in oh, yeah, streaming, yeah, yeah. Yeah. where it's like, yeah, where somebody, if they've finished a stream, then they can take their audience and go into yours, like your stream with all of their people and I remember the first time that happened I had no idea what raiding was because I was streaming like directly from a console so I had the chat coming up on the right hand side and for some reason because it was a PlayStation I didn't realize that like when they came in 
their like emotes or like emojis and things didn't turn up it was just like the text for it so it was like in like <laughs> huge capital letters that said like mega lols and things and i thought <laughs> oh my god i'm being trolled oh no what's going on and then oh, of course i learned later on i was like okay that's a good thing because i tried to ignore it initially and the person was like oh haha he doesn't notice us so i was kind of sheepishly like oh hi guys <laughs> and that was back when it was only my friends kind of coming in so the fact that these strangers were coming in i was like who, who are you people <laughs> but <laughs> it does get easier over time i have to say i say that and i have it streamed in a while but yeah it does <laughs> definitely um in terms of the games and that sort of thing as well that you've been streaming what's kind of your main focus um so i would consider myself to be a variety streamer so really just anything that picks my hand say like i initially when i started i started with um pokemon green and well i say pokemon green and that's like a, it was like a poorly translated version <laughs> of like a pokemon game yeah. it's absolutely brilliant if you ever like find it it's great but um long story short i found that and i was like oh that would be quite funny to do and i used to have this old like gaming pc that it was one that a friend of a friend had and they were throwing it out and somehow I got it. I was like, oh, I'll try streaming. And it was like the Russian roulettes of computers. Like, you would be streaming for like 20 minutes one day um, and then it would blue screen. Some days you get a full hour, some days you get five minutes. It, it was just so unpredictable. So I ended up going back to like console streaming and I started to stream games that I grew up with during like my childhood so like for example sonic adventure or sonic hedgehog in general what's the other ones um call of duty as well fall guys when that came out eventually and it just kind of it just kind of expanded from there yeah so usually i like to play games that are quite maybe lighthearted is the wrong word but ones that i don't have to kind of concentrate on as much yeah because honestly, see, trying to play Warzone and interact with your chat is it's awful. Because you're like <laughs> looking at the chat, then getting shot, and you're like, I cannot keep up with this. I don't know how people do it, but because oh, yeah. yeah, when when I've caught you, it's 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 mm-hmm. mainly been kind of the retro. Well, when I say retro, mainly Sonic. So yeah. I was wondering mm-hmm. if your streaming was more retro oriented. But you say you're, you're you're kind of doing ones that feel comfortable and are easy to play and and chat yeah no absolutely because i want to kind of as cheesy as it sounds so apologies i brought crackers for this cheesiness (laughs) so but yeah like whenever i'm streaming i want people like coming in to kind of feel comfortable and you know like chill out and things and i know like there's a lot of viewers who want to find something different on twitch so i think the like worst thing is me being like overly, you know, sweaty and like you just hear the clicks and the thumping and the controller and I'll be like, can't talk now. I'm, I'm rising above the leaderboard and it's like, <laughs> yeah, no. I'd rather just people come in, they feel kind of comfy, they just like look or rather watch along and everything and yeah, because oh, yeah, I can handle the stress. <laughs> Feels like you've got a soft spot though for Sonic because you're just doing your Sonic month as well, aren't you? Well, surprisingly enough, I am a sonic fan you know that's my <laughs> confession of the night but it wasn't me who came up with or oh, really? not came up but it wasn't me who proposed it yeah so my friend and co-host adam he like i remember I, it was a good while ago him and i of course before the pandemic we used to meet up a lot more and 
we were like playing different games that kind of brought us closer together. So like Deadly Premonition, which I have to admit, terrible game, but absolutely love it for just that kind of shared experience. Uh, we played like some horror games as well. And one of the ideas we had before the pandemic was we were going to kind of trade games. Like I was show- I was going to show him a game from my childhood. So mm. I showed him Sonic Adventure and he played a little bit of that. And before he got his chance for revenge, <laughs> the pandemic happened. So I was like, no, he couldn't. Um, and I, th- I think it was a while ago, there was like a humble bundle that I'd got, and there was, like, a lot of Sonic games, but I think there was only, like, one or two of them that, like, I didn't have. So I thought, well, for the sake of charity, I'll buy it. And then I'd said to Adam, oh, do you want these games? And he was like, oh, thank you. Yeah, sure. So one day he was saying, do you want to do a retrospective on, like, these games, like um, the Adventure series? I'm like, yeah, sure, that would be cool. And then... After we did Halo Month um, in January there, because like him and I are both like huge fans of the Halo franchise, he was like, you know, I really like these months. Why don't we do a Sonic month? And <laughs> God bless him. He has been playing bits of the games and like trying them out and getting his own opinions and things. And it's actually been an absolute blast to do it with him. Um, Actually, Lou, Lou, well, we never, in our episode, we never really touched on that. Did you play Sonic or, or Mario games? Do you know what it was? I think my experiences of Sonic and Mario were probably on handhelds. Yeah. So, do you know, like your Game Boys and that sort of thing. But I don't think I ever really touched anything beyond that, to be honest with you. Because I remember I kind of skipped, I think we mentioned it, I kind of skipped those consoles because I had sort of the, the computers at the time. So it was like the Commodore 64, then I went to Amiga. And I remember seeing Sonic on a mate's console and being blown away by the speed of it. But And this is where people are going to hate me. I never really got into Sonic. I Because I played a couple of Mario games, and they are very different games. I was more into that that kind of more, well, I call it sedate platformer, but you still get speed runs. Whereas Sonic, I think, did we say, uh, no, it's on your podcast. And I, I think there is one where, where you're saying Mario's a brand, but Sonic is, is a character. And they tried to do more with the character, didn't they? Yeah, it does seem as if, like, I mean, fair play to Nintendo, like, they have done it to a fine art. Um, I mean, I think considering they're still, like, making consoles and things, and they're still, like, top of the gaming uh, sphere, you know, like, they've definitely solidified Mario as being, like, quite, I wouldn't say formulaic, because he does do different things, like, you know, you've got your Mario Galaxies, your Mario... Um, like sunshines and things but there's always like every year you can see they go back to that kind of same formula and everything so it's like Mario never even in like sunshine I think that's the closest I've ever seen him other than fan like mm. videos or something that's the closest I've ever seen him like have a gun <laughs> whereas <laughs> Sega's just like you know what we can't give Sonic a gun so we'll, we'll just give Shadow his, his friend a gun it's like this series is insane <laughs> it's absolutely crazy and you can see kind of they are trying to like create this story and things but yeah it's just the fact they keep kind of flip-flopping whereas although mario seems a lot more consistent i think that works in their favor yeah that yeah. he is still like it never changes despite being like in all these different scenarios um and i mean like Funny enough, I don't know if I've ever like DM'd or told you that that like I think it was the last Comic Con I went to and actually met the 
voice actor for Mario. Oh, really? And, oh, like, he's a lovely guy, but I, I remember someone saying, like, oh, last time I went and I saw him, he was very miserable <laughs> down in the dumps. And then when I was standing in line, um, looking around, thinking, I am really bringing the average age up here <laughs> this line. And he started, like, doing all the, you know, the voices going, woohoo! And I was like, okay, that's great. Can you just uh, sign this copy of Mario 64? And just, just, yeah, I'll, I'll just go. Thank, thank you. I was going to say, he's probably looking down because there's only so many times he can go woohoo when it's a me Mario, you know? Uh, oh, he really had an endurance for it. He just kept going, saying, whoa, look at me, I'm Mario. What's your name? And I'm like, oh, God, I just, I, I just, I just yeah, th- thank you. <laughs> Actually, you talk about voice and Comic-Con, mm-hmm. yeah, pre-pandemic. I went to a few and I was at the MCM one and oh my god I'm gonna be hated for it I can't remember the guy's name but the guy who does so I think he does does he do Bender in Futurama but he also does uh, Marcus Phoenix in Gears of War oh is that John DiMaggio yeah it was with my other half we were walking around and he was doing one of the panels and he just did, somebody must have asked him to do the Marcus voice and he did it and I just froze on the spot because when you hear that 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 mm-hmm. that character's voice that you've kind of played year after year, it just kind of I I, I literally stood still and had to find it where this panel was because it was just amazing hearing it because it's such an iconic voice as well. But yeah, look, any more? You got any more questions? Well, I had one more. I had one more. What's with the red panda? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I made some poor life choices. No, I'm like, <laughs> no, um, no, it's a great. I mean, it is a, a great brand in, in terms yeah, of it, I and where you get all those gifts from, I, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> See, to be honest, I think that was very lucky on my part <laughs> um, because I was trying to think of like when I started out streaming, and this was like going way, way back before I started properly, like trying to establish myself on Twitch and things, but. I think I had like a very generic picture on my profile and I thought, okay, right, I need like a symbol or a logo or something. And I kept wondering what like I could use and no offense to like, you've probably seen them like around Twitter. They're the kind of GFX artists they're called. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them more legitimate than others, I have to say, because some of them I feel as if they just copy and paste the same thing saying, Oh, do you need an overlay? Oh, do you need art? I, I can give you that. And you're like, oh sweet Jesus, please no. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I was I was just kind of like, you know, thinking like, what could I use? What could I stand out? Because I really didn't want to use like my own face. I didn't want to like, I really wasn't sure, and I was trying to think of, like, I wonder how I could, like, visualise uh, Satsunami, and I'm like, yeah, no, like, that would be very, very boring, and um, it would literally just be, like, an orange wave or something like that, so I was like, I wonder what, and then, I don't know, it's just I thought of, like, suddenly I thought of, like, oh, well, if I have, like, an animal mascot, I could use red pandas, because, you know, they're very non-threatening, they're quite <laughs> cute looking and everything. And I feel as if I kind of went into a rabbit hole after that. Didn't realise how many, like, <laughs> like red panda How random some of your, your choices or decisions be, but how good they've been. You know <laughs> what I mean? I don't, I don't mean that in a negative <laughs> way. It's great. Yeah. No, I, no I, that, that was that was the one question I needed to ask. So yeah. we've got the answer for the red panda. <laughs> Salute. Do, do you want to take us? To the next section. Right, being obviously that um, 
this this kind of was going to be a little bit focused on gaming. Um, we were going to start a little bit um, in the next section with our gaming kind of heavens and hells. So your, your best and worst gaming experiences, whether that be entire games, franchises, if you could turn around and only play maybe three things until the end of your life, or or if you went to game in hell and the worst games that you could ever possibly imagine were what you had to play for the rest of your I life. I got a cross one off my be? list now because I've got four on here and you said three. No, no, it doesn't have to be. We, we don't have to be rigid. We can give like, you a bonus Lou, one. You, give, like. you, give us, you give us your first one. Let's, let's go. Okay, now my first one's kind of general and this is one of my hells. It's anything movie adapted. So adapted from a film. So I remember, I think it was on the PlayStation 2. Did you ever play the Godfather game? I think I did, you know. Yeah. Awful, awful, absolute trash. Horrific thing, honestly. And I've found that that's kind of been a common theme with anything that's just a straight, they've taken a film, we're going to make it a game. It's just awful (laughs) because the graphics are always terrible. The game mechanics are always horrific. The story's always just really watered down. (laughs) And so that's my first really, really general one. And it was all triggered by a horrific experience with the Godfather on. Horrific. (laughs) So you started with hell. You're starting with hell. Yeah, starting with hell. Do you know what? And as Satsu, and I'm not going to ask you about so I don't know kind of what your age is. um, But I remember back in like the 80s and early 90s, every major film that come out needed to have a game adaptation for it. And it was done, it felt like it was done in about six weeks. <laughs> yeah, they're very generic. I, I think only Batman the movie, I remember sort of standing out. And, and the Robocop, but that depended on which which version of it you got. Yeah, what's, what's, give it? Give us a, a bit of your game in hell, Satsu. I, I would totally mirror that because I'm having flashbacks now of the time I played Ghost Rider. <laughs> oh, I never, <laughs> never played that. And this is how, this is me aging myself now, but like, I remember hiring it when I was younger out of Blockbuster. (laughs) Oh, I I just remember playing it. I think I completed it because it was so short. Um, And it it was just like, okay, that was a game. That was just, (laughs) you know, I I do think like the worst thing a game can do though is like kind of falling down from that is just be really like generic or boring. Like, yeah. you know, like for every Doom you might have, you might have like a, I mean, I've not played Bulletstorm, but I'm just going off of like <laughs> reputation. You know, you might have something like that or just very kind of generic, like, oh, like mechanics that come along with it. Because obviously games like Call of Duty come out and you think, oh, that's great. Um, but I think the other thing, and I don't want to be too negative on your podcast, apologies. <laughs> no, 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 go uh, for it. No, no, this... It's uh, like, see when a game comes out promising the world and yeah. it comes out half-baked, half-finished, just yeah. a complete glitchy mess. And I think the worst example I've ever had in that was Battlefield 4. Oh, because, I never, yeah, I never got into oh, that. Because I remember for years I was playing CODs and everything and thinking, oh, I'm having so much fun. And then there was a point where I thought, okay, I'm a bit tired of COD. I want to see new franchises, as it were. And I was like, okay, um, let's try Battlefield. Didn't so much like the campaign, but I loved the multiplayer for Battlefield 3. I thought, oh, it's so fun. So I thought, okay, on launch, I'll buy the fourth one. Um it, it was just a glitchy mess. It was absolutely horrific. I think the worst <laughs> moment was when, for some reason, the game locks me in place. 
I could oh, still yeah. run around, but I couldn't <laughs> turn around. So I was like running sideways towards the enemy, shooting in the air, thinking if I scare them off, they might like walk in front of me. Yeah, <laughs> never crazy enough, they'll run away from you. <laughs> yeah, never uh, happened, unfortunately. Lou, Lou <laughs> yeah. you, you played a bit of Battlefield, didn't you? Were you? Yeah, I did. I used to play, I remember Bad Battlefield Bad Company, was it Bad Company 2? I believe was my first experience. And I really enjoyed that. I thought the campaign in that game was brilliant, but I flicked between Call of Duty and Battlefield, depending on how bad Call of Duty was that year. So yeah. as soon as Call of Duty went into exoskeleton suits jumping yeah. about, I was like, now's my time for Battlefield, I think. Oh, so yeah. I think I played Battlefield 1, which went back to, was it World War One? You're on like horseback or something at some point. <laughs> I'm going to lay my cards out and say I was always a, a, a cod boy. Battlefield was just too difficult for me. Uh, you know, I was I'm more of the arcade variety. But like you, yeah, when it got to jumping and jetpacks and stuff like that, that's that's kind of when I stopped playing. Just want to say as well, I've seen Dan play Call of Duty and he's still terrible at that as well. So imagine how bad he must have been at Battlefield. <laughs> I did used to be good. I did used to be good. But well, the reason why now, I'll, well, we'll come into my heavens why I, I'm basically not a multiplayer person anymore. As I said, just going back to what you said, right, a little admission here. I actually did play the Bullet Storm and had a bit of fun with it, <laughs> mainly because <laughs> it was, no, it, it, for a bit, it, it, the, it outstays its welcome, I think. If you get past the the obviously juvenile humour and, and kind of like the swearing, it did try to do something different with the mechanics, trick shots you had to do, which kind of lengthened it a bit. But yeah, I kind of think it did just outstay its, overstay its welcome. Um, but something I wanted to pick up on what you said, and I think mm-hmm. we interacted on a Twitter thread about this. I I don't mind a bad game. I just don't like boring games. I actually <laughs> oh. love bad games. I've got a bit of a yeah, I've got a bit of a soft spot for the games that, you know, linger at the bottom of a Metacritic table <laughs> and, <you> know, <laughs> and are unloved. Like, you know, it's if it's the jankier, the better sometimes. But it, but a, a boring game, I think, yeah, can't be forgiven. Oh no, I totally agree. Like as I said before, playing through Deadly Premonition, it's it's a bad game. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it, but like, it's such a memorable bad game. You know, have you seen that, like, Lou? Have you seen that? What watch a YouTube video later? Just the first half hour is a <laughs> no, classic. No. It's a classic. <laughs> oh, it's so good! But no, I totally agree with you. If a game's bad, at least it's memorable. But yeah. if a game's like boring and just unmemorable you think well what was the point of making it i'll give you my first hell i've only got two and i've just gone for a whole genre real-time strategies i just i can't get into them <laughs> I, I just and it, i don't know if it's a time it's or it's a patience thing you know because i'll link in oh right, we'll do a spoiler i'll link into my second one because i think it is a patience thing with me i don't like proper stealth games i don't mind a, a stealth level and and actually i kind of like the metal gear solid games so that's my one like hypocritical admission there but i think it's a patience game i'm just i want to go in all guns blazing so you'd be really terrible with like sniper elite or something like that oh i couldn't think of anything well it's just the name (laughs) the title alone for me and i'm not saying they're bad games i'm not saying bad games i'm just i don't think i'm built for a patient sneaky stealthy (laughs) approach to games even in games where you know like metal gear solid 5 i remember playing that but you kind of approach that in a kind of like an all guns firing way 
Yeah, so real-time strategy and, and, and quotes, proper stealth games. That's so disappointing because, you know what, I know that we're going to lead on to this in a little while, but I literally turned around and said stealth missions in, in games were one of my worst things because they're all generic and the same. You turn around, <laughs> you creep, you wait for enemies to go by, you then creep a little bit more to wait for some more enemies to go by until you shoot one person in the level and then it's finished. It's, oh, it's also when you're spotted, but you don't know how you've been spotted. And it's like, you could not have spotted me. It's like VAR in football now. I think. <laughs> this is where Satsu says he had stealth games as his heaven. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't want to see it, but no, I'm only kidding. <laughs> Lou, what else have you got in terms of a hell? Well, I'm actually going to link back to something that we discussed where you talked about games that were good, but also kind of bad. so i don't mind games that weren't necessarily very good but also tried to do something really different okay so on the playstation 3 it was a ps3 exclusive and it was a game called mag any of you and it was that game it was a it was multiplayer only it was on the playstation 3 and it could allow i think up to 256 players in the same lobby all in one go and obviously up until that point we'd had nothing like it but I remember it was a little bit clunky. It was a little bit rigid. It wasn't ever going to be as smooth as Call of Duty. But I really liked the concept of getting that many people in a game. And so for me, I always have it as one of my best gaming memories because I had mates that all played that game as well. And whilst it wasn't particularly favoured and, and the, the the life cycle of that game was really quite short as well, I absolutely loved the mayhem that they created. I just think it came a little bit too soon. And I think if it had been on this current generation, I think it would have done brilliantly. That's fair enough. It's linked to a memory, isn't it? It's like Yeah, yeah. It's like me, FIFA and Call of Duty, there was a few years where I had a group of people on the Xbox where we just played it day in, day out, night in, night out. And like I said to you, I think once we got over a hundred games unbeaten. But I stopped playing that and that's because it's linked. I, I've got a, a memory for that because that was that time then. Now I can't even, I, I can't be bothered. I don't want to play that sort of game anymore. So gaming like music or anything else can be linked to to, to memories, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so you got a heaven or hell? Kind of just picking up on what you said, Lou. Just the, like... Like just going back to the stale thing again because it <laughs> triggered another memory there when I was thinking about I think it was either Battlefield 1 or, because COD's done it as well recently, where it's like they try to introduce like a kind of stealth mechanic, but COD is like you know, the game you would not associate stealth with <laughs> and it's just when games try to do that you know, it's like you go to play a game you know, and then all of a sudden they throw this random mechanic that doesn't belong. It's like playing, I don't know, like Animal Crossing, and then all of a sudden you've got like a, you know, like a quick time event or something <laughs> to pluck the leaves, and you're like, this isn't what I signed up for. And yet somehow it's like, oh yeah, it's to enhance and enrich the experience. And it's like, I just want to play the game. <laughs> because oh, I, I know some games try to experiment and things, but sometimes you're just like, I, I, I just want to play the game that you've advertised. Just let me play. <laughs> That's the thing, right? Oh. When Call of Duty, certain games, when they do these decisions, they're nuanced, there's a bit of emotion behind it, but often you could tell when it's just been shoehorned into a game. Oh, or, yeah. or they're trying to see, right, we, we might take it a different direction in the next next version, but let's see what people like. And and Call of Duty, they're quite ham fisted. I mean, again, I've loved those games. I'm not this you know, this sounds really negative, but 
you know what you want when you put that game in the disc drive, right? You just want a six hour <laughs> campaign that's full of action and drama. You want a, a great, smooth multiplayer. You don't want pretend emotional impact because you're not going to get it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think the only acceptable time, because linking into stealth of like Call of Duty as well, I think the ex- only acceptable stealth mission that Call of Duty's ever presented was Call of Duty 4. Okay, That's yeah. True. All yeah. gilly up. That was the only one. Because yeah. that was the first time as well you'd had it kind of really mainstream where you'd had a mission where they mm-hmm. felt like there was something on the line and then it feels all artificial since it's been done since then. F- fair play with that. Uh, but I think then because it did end in a in an all-out gun battle though yeah, this that's is what true. Yeah, yeah. that was <laughs> my know, reward yeah. breaking, yeah. breaking the rule in it because what they did is they turned what was a brilliant stealth mission into oh no there's an apache helicopter flying down an alleyway of buildings towards us <laughs> oh dear i um actually another memory of that call of duty is great when i said we went on that hundred game on beat run somebody's batteries i remember ran out during it and and you heard them say right i'm, I'm running down to the shop to get some more <laughs> and they, they, they left. Yeah, well, in terms of, uh, I'm going to say another hell, but it's it's something that happens in games rather because it's not a mechanic, and it happened recently, and I can't remember what game, and I think it's unforgivable now. And I know big games, you know, these expansive worlds can be tricky, but it's getting stuck in the environment. I don't want to get stuck in another plant or another bush or something when I'm walking. <laughs> that for me is unforgivable. That shouldn't happen in games. <laughs> Like you've got like a, an obstacle that's maybe like a foot off the ground or like 30 centimetres from the ground and all of a sudden your character can't traverse it. Yeah, because you've tried to, you think maybe it's a way of platforming out or walking <laughs> out and then you fall and then you get stuck between a blade of grass and a daisy or something. <laughs> <laughs> so so, so that for me is another bit of hell. Oh, the amount of anger I've had of that, irrational anger I know, but yeah. <laughs> But you know what? I feel like gaming, if you've ever, I don't know, Satsu, if you've ever experienced proper true gaming anger. I mean, like, <laughs> have you ever smashed a controller in your lifetime? Not yet, <laughs> no. I have, oh. I've managed to have the willpower to put it down and just move away and then be like, oh, God. <laughs> Although I have to admit, when I was in uni, um, was it really related? Well, maybe it was, but we are playing, I think, The Last of Us and then... I remember my flatmate at the time like ended up because he got so angry with it, he ended up smashing his toasting machine. <laughs> and then he came out and he was just holding the mangled remains of this like toasting machine, just like, I think I broke it. And I'm like, Yeah, you have. <laughs> I, I really think you have. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's the closest I've seen that in real life. <laughs> See, but that's intelligent anger, that is, because he knows yeah. the toasty machine is cheaper than a new controller. Very true. <laughs> oh, I've never I've never fortunately done that. I've um do you know what I found? There's two surefire ways. No, obviously it doesn't work in a multiplayer game, but if I'm facing a boss or something, there's two surefire ways to do it. One is either and and this is tried and tested and proven by me, so it's it's fact. Is you you turn the volume of the game down and put the radio on or something. I find that helps you distract yourself from the game. It just does, right? Or you turn the game off for about five or ten minutes and come back to it, and then you do it on the first time every single time. I, I could be there. I could carry on and persist for like another ninety minutes and not win that battle. Turn it off, have a drink, come back, and I've done it first time. <laughs> 
no, I can't, I can't do, I can't do that. I feel like the anger and the pride in me, if I'm stuck or like you, you've, I've, I remember once playing FIFA, this is why I don't play FIFA anymore because <laughs> I, I actually smashed a controller as recently as literally last year. Um, and I remember it was over FIFA. So it's no longer downloaded on my console, but I remember I was playing um, foot champions, which is now like the competitive, we're all really good at FIFA game mode, which is fine. And I remember I, I literally went on maybe like an eight game losing streak and it's, it's turning around, it's getting into the early hours of the morning i just refused to put my controller down until i'd won a game (laughs) so i think i went about 16 games losing i won one i thought i can finally go to bed now because i turned around and i've conquered it there was no wait till tomorrow when you're refreshed you're less tired i was sitting there i was like i will beat a game whether i need to not sleep for the next 48 hours (laughs) i mean that's the danger isn't it like the one more game syndrome you're like okay i lost that game or oh we just got that We'll, we'll, we'll do another one and then you look at the clock and the birds are singing outside and you're like, oh no. <laughs> I was, oh my God, I was such a sucker for that one more game. Again, the, the Call of Duty days where I had a group of people, it was like half 12 and they're like, no, next game, we're on a winning streak. We've got to play it. If we, if we win this game, we have to play another one. And and I'd end up for another hour and, and like they're all laughing at me. I don't, I, think, I don't think they would like would start work till late, but I just kept falling for it. You just get sucked into it. That's the danger. Yeah, I think as well with my most recent experience, it was Warzone with my friends. So a couple of the guys oh. that I went to uni with um, all really enjoyed playing Warzone. And so we turned around and said, I'll tell you what, we'll start jumping on. And then all, we honestly, I'm terrible at Call of Duty now. I used to be brilliant, but I'm horrific now. <laughs> it's like if you gave the dad to, the controller to my dad, like, and do you know when somebody just doesn't know what they're doing anymore? <laughs> that's, that's what my Warzone experience was like. You know when you're getting abused by your own teammates? It's bad. Um, so we would jump on, and all we wanted to do was win a single game every night. That was it. That was what our task was. But it was getting to four, five o'clock in the morning, and we were like, boys, we're really tired. Come on, we need to do this. They're like, no, promise you, we got... We can, we finished fourth in the last game we can do it we can do it and that's what it was it was just the addictive nature of that we were all texting each other the next day being like i'm too tired at work for this <laughs> my my only ever real rage at someone on a game was on fifa and this was back in the day when people used to talk on on consoles now they don't see either seem to do that anymore or you don't or you have parties anyway I very rarely ventured into the online side of fifa unless it was what did i call it fifa clubs where you'd have a group of you again like oh yeah 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 and i went on one game i went one nil up i was quiet didn't say anything the other guy scores quiet then he goes two one up and starts laughing and then he's get he he goes three one up and starts laughing even more then then i equalize and when i got that fourth goal i just started shouting at him down the phone my wife she comes down the stairs she goes what's the matter what's happened and i said i'm beating that guy she just gave me that look because she just went off back upstairs That's the only time I've ever really got angry. Although people who know me probably lie and say, um, "Yeah, it was probably something Call of Duty." All right, have we got any some heavens? I've got I've got four franchises here that I would want to. If I could only ever play these again, I'd I'd be happy. I'd be happy, chappy. Tell you what, Satsu, do you want to do you want to go first? Have you got a franchise that you could happily play forever? If that was the one game you had to play, or series of games. I feel as if I'd be shooting myself in the foot if I said Sonic, because on the one hand, I think <laughs> the early days, sure, but if I had to play the later stuff, I'm like, hmm, I don't know. I mean, and again, it's the same with COD as well, isn't it? Where it's like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I suppose maybe... Well, okay, I'll throw Sonic in just for a, 
<laughs> Someone's got to do it. I'll just I'll throw it in for one. But I'm just thinking of another one because maybe Halo because that seems to be one of the more I, I would say Call of Duty, but it was like you were both saying there where it's like it keeps kind of changing the setting and everything which uh, there's like no issue with changing it but when you get like you know boots on the ground and that's all they keep saying for the rest of their days um, just I mean I think Halo probably seems I mean don't get me wrong that's a whole other rant in fact I did a whole month about it as I said (laughs) ranting about it but I mean the multiplayer and like the gameplay seems to just keep improving and that seems to be the only thing that improves, but that's another story. The, the um, gunplay in Halo does yeah. really feel good. The thing about Halo was kind of I missed, I kind of missed it at the start, so I never really played the first one, possibly even the second one, till quite late on. So I, but I, I kind of am quite envious of the people who did get into it because there's a hell of a lot of lore behind it, isn't there? All the all, all the story, and for me, I'm, I'm not sure if it's one of the overlooked ones are highly rated but i really enjoyed um odst oh yeah mm-hmm. for, for what it did it felt it felt slightly different it was a bit of like a like a noir thriller bit to it if you, if you know what i mean it, it felt like it was trying to be different to the mainline games now i don't know if I'm, I'm i'm googling this but isn't halo odst the one that was like the worst rated halo or am i getting that wrong i can't remember was that the one that came out and it was seen as like they they'd was that the one that was sold with, was it Halo 3's multiplayer as a separate disc yeah, in the box? I can't exactly. remember. It was definitely, yeah, it was definitely panned at the time because I think it was supposed to be DLC for Halo 3, but then, they, yeah, that's then they the one, yeah. to separate it. And, yeah, maybe, but... and maybe that's why, because I like a bad game. No, because, because it was different <laughs> to the main story and I never, the yeah. I missed the, like, the hype of the story. And, and, and the thing is, it's like... Um, well, Metal Gear is another example. You take the main character out of it and people hate it. So was it Metal Gear Solid 4? No, it was Metal Gear Solid 2, wasn't it? Where they they swap it and you play, is it Raiden for the whole game? And people were in uproar about it because you didn't get to play Solid Snake. It, you know, you're not playing the Master Chief in ODST, I think. So a lot of people just get angry about that. Similarly, um, one game I did miss at the start but got into it hugely was the Half-Life series you've probably played those haven't you Satsu you must have um well here's another <laughs> confession I actually I bought them um in a steam sale years ago but it was one of those games that I bought and I played everything else but them oh. but like um like Half-Life and Half-Life 2 and everything and I I did technically play a little bit of it on stream it's a good game but <laughs> I feel as if I missed like the nostalgia boat, you know, whenever I was like, oh, it's the best. Yeah. What I liked about the original one is they did DLC where you played as Barney, the security guard, which is great. It, oh, just, yeah. it just gave you an alternate view of the game. I will stake a claim for my first he- heaven, game in heaven, would be the Mass Effect series. Love them. Absolutely adore yeah, those, the Mass Effect games. And I will not hear anything. Well, well that's a bit unfair. I will hear criticism go on. <laughs> but I. And and what what's funny though is that you said something earlier about games that aren't then what they're said to be. Now, one of the things I fell for at the start was Mass Effect was supposed to be this thing that was going to adapt. You, you know, you were going to make all these decisions that was going to reflect in the end. What a load of rubbish that ended up being. But I still love the games. I you know yeah. the, from the first to the third, even though the third one I think did get didn't get as much love. I I, I just think they're they're a great 
scene setting, character building, and just sucks you into the story. And it's one of the ones that Lorna I've mentioned to her a couple of times. If I could play a game that my other half, she sits down to watch almost like it's a film. And that means, you know, I know I can then say, oh, should we stick that on instead of a film? <laughs> I've won, <laughs> you know, and, and and she does that with the Mass Effect as well. Yeah, Mass Effect was going to be one of mine as well. Can't complain. I, I, I literally just, I, again, I don't have a bad word to say about Mass Effect, to be fair. It's it's just, it, I feel like it should be a standard. <laughs> so, so have you have you played the Mass Effect? I played the first one, and I think I've got the second one lying about somewhere. Honestly, see the backlog I have. It's, <laughs> it's criminal. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a great series, I have to admit. I did enjoy it a lot, and like for the first one, and I heard amazing things about the second one, and then people were like, oh, the third one was okay, but that kind of happens for all franchises, um, or most of them. But yeah, no, it's... It's definitely left this impression, especially since it's got it's actually I was gonna ask you like going on from that, did you buy the legacy edition or is it the legendary? I did. I actually bought it, then once I completed it, traded it because I knew it was gonna come to um Game Pass. Oh, but I needed clever. to play it straight <laughs> away. And yeah, and mm-hmm. I think playing the first game, because I think the second and third, because it's a game I tend to play every year, couple of years anyway. I think the second and third hold up graphically anyway. Mm-hmm. But the first one really did feel great going back to that in the yeah, in the legendary edition. And I say the third one, Lou, you've played all three, have you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For me, I think three. the third one is okay, especially if you play the Citadel DLC. But it just, for me, it should have finished about 10 minutes earlier. There's a scene, there's a specific scene where if it had ended there, for me, it would have been the best game series in the world because of that alone. But then it goes on a little bit and, yeah, it just ruined it for me. <laughs> well, i tell you what then, because if you think that Mass Effect didn't yeah. stop soon enough, then this series that I'm about to say, there's a huge caveat on this because all of the games since about the third or fourth one have been not not brilliant. Assassin's Creed. Now... The whole, the original one, fine, very, very linear. You did the same thing until you fought all of the bosses at the end, right? But the Ezio games, I thought, were yeah. fantastic. And I thought that the way in which the whole climbing mechanic, the whole free-running mechanic worked, I, I really loved playing those games. The storyline was really engaging. I liked the flick back from the Animus Machines, which was back to Ezio's time in like the the memory state. I just thought it was really brilliantly done. And then as soon as it moved to like Black Flag, where we're riding pirate ships, all of a sudden that was it for me. So I want to say Assassin's Creed, but only up until when <laughs> Ezio's timeline ended. Um, and you don't have to play any of you in Assassin's Creed? Um, again, I played the first one. Um I kind of feel quite bad that I missed out in the second one because it seems as if the well, the second one was a heck of a lot more popular than the first yeah, one. Because yeah. the reason I got into it was because like, I remember playing at a friend's and thinking, oh my God, this game looks, at the time, this game looks beautiful. You know, the graphics are great and everything. And it just looks like such a great, you know, well put together historical game. Well, back then... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was yeah. more historical accuracy <laughs> yeah. than nowadays, but yeah, it's it does look like it's a good franchise. But I see what you mean. That's probably the first couple <laughs> seem to be the most well regarded, and then after that, it 
kind of goes in shaky water, except for yeah. ironically enough, uh, Black Flag. <laughs> well, I yeah, yeah, I say I I kind of agree a little bit, but I divert from Lou in one bit. <laughs> so yeah, the first one was good, but you could tell it was the first game. They absolutely perfected yeah. it with the Ezio trilogy. So two, then what was it? Brotherhood and Revelations, I think. They were, and and again, you, for me, apart from potentially one game on my list, it's all about. I love a strong character-driven tight narrative. That that's the stories I love, and they made his character really good. I mean, you interact with um, Da Vinci, don't you? He, he makes he makes your 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 gadgets <laughs> yeah. for you, um, like a like a, a, a an ancient James Bond. It's, um... <laughs> he's yeah, he's like he's like the uh, ancient Q. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't like three. I actually quite liked Black Flag. I thought that was quite good. Then they just released loads, and I just didn't like them. Um, and, and yeah, then it them. went back to ancient Egypt and that sort of thing. I was just like, yeah, no. <laughs> well, no, well, no, no. It was the other ones in between. There was one in like France and Britain. I never, I just. Didn't oh do. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think I played them ones either. I think I played Black Flag, which was the pirate ship, pirates of the Caribbean style one. I'm just gonna say. Um, and then after that, I was like, no, no more Assassin's Creed for me, unfortunately. But the new ones they done, I've actually quite liked them. Or I think it's is it Origins, Odyssey, and. Valhalla, Valhalla yeah and because I think they've actually taken a year or two in between to make them and they have actually they are totally different to the originals but the problem I've got with them is they're just too big they're just too big yeah. it's too much <laughs> of a time sink but yeah I'd um I'd, I'd have I'd have Assassin's Creed on my desert island yeah Right, I've got another one here. I'm going to go for the the one on my list that's slightly different. Is Borderlands? Wow, yeah, I didn't even think. Mm, yeah, good choice. Uh, yeah. So, so, you play? Have you played any of those? Or yeah, a couple of them for once. <laughs> yeah, no, they're great games. Yeah, I think they're great. Just the the use of music. I, I think the music at the start and the end is great. I think, and this is what I'm saying. It kind of doesn't really go with my why. I said I love a tight narrative type character driven story you know this is about the shooting shooting people you know and the loot but it that loot mechanic is i think quite addictive in those games and it's fun well i think as well one unique thing about those games was wasn't every single playthrough i think like no weapon would spawn twice so there were loads of combinations of weapons so i remember one playthrough i found like a pistol and all of a sudden it was good enough to get you to like the end of the game, but you just had to That's get lucky. The problem. You'd instance. find the one gun that could last you the game and you wouldn't change. I had one that was broken. It was like a pistol, but sh- shot like rocket launcher weapon um, um, ammo <laughs> out of it. So you couldn't actually use it, but it was, it was broken. Unique for its art style as well, yeah. which I quite liked. I like that whole comic booky feel. And it was also the one thing that had me hooked from the moment I started was, wasn't that the game that was the, the opening soundtrack was Cagey Elephant. Um, Cagey Elephant. No yeah. rest for the wicked. Yep. Yep. Absolutely brilliant. So many memories. I'm going to have to go download yeah. that again now. <laughs> I just, I literally <laughs> did it the weekend. That's what, what reminded me. <laughs> Even um, they had the Tales from the Borderland, which is like the, um, you know, like the adventure game. Every episode had a cracking tune to that. And Handsome Jack was a fantastic villain. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I've got a couple more heavens on my list. Um, Satsu, have you got any more gaming heaven or hells? Yeah. Um, so 
I'm, I'm just trying to think, like, in terms of... Because <laughs> I'm looking at the next one and I'm like, oh, boy, another FPS. Wow. <laughs> no, 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 trust me. Go for it. Because um, I was thinking of, like, the Gears of War series, which I will say up until the first two or three, I would say, were good. And then after that, it kind of went downhill. Um, purely because that was actually a point in my life. I remember the day I actually got Gears of War. Um, I got into it like a lot later, and I went to one of the game shops in town, and I was with my flatmate, and it was one of these like um, two for whatever deals, and I thought, so I I was like I I could either get like the first and second Gears of War game here, or I could have got Final Fantasy, and I feel as if you know, I dodged a bullet there <laughs> with whatever. <laughs> Apparently it was the bad version of whatever Final Fantasy game it was. So I was like, okay, I'll play them. Absolutely loved the story. Don't get me wrong, like, it does kind of do what it advertises, you know, big, like, muscly guys, like, ripping into, like, yeah. aliens and things like that. At the same time, I was kind of, like, blown away at how the story kind of unfolded and there was, like, a lot more emotion to it than I yeah. thought it could be. Like, it's not, like, Shakespeare or anything like that no, but no. like it did have its like really heartfelt moments and I was sitting there especially after two like kind of just sitting there thinking oh my god I, I played Gears of War is that <laughs> but like oh sorry no no I was going to say yeah you're right and I can't remember because I, I, I played them late as well and I've played them all and, and they all mix up but there are some really unusually touching moments in there yeah. oh absolutely um, I mean I still tear up at that certain moment <laughs> like anyone who's played it yeah they'll know but oh, we, we could probably say we, we could probably say well Dom finds his yeah yeah that that scene just absolutely like the first time I saw it because a lot of the scenes in that game especially when they go to like rescue their like colleagues and things like that and the you know it plays out almost as if a kind of generic shooter where it's like oh here's your shotgun yeah let's go kill the locusts so you think i remember rolling my yeah. eyes at one of those scenes thinking oh here we go it's going to be one of these generic action shooters and then the scene goes the complete opposite way you expect and it's like sweet jesus and especially for that when they find his wife and she's all you know intact yeah. and then yeah, it kind of pans round and it reveals what's actually happened to her and just that, oh god, it's just like such a harrowing scene. And you look at the box, you look at the reviews of people saying, oh yeah, this is a dumb you know, muscle guy shooter. Yeah, it's like, yeah. that wasn't a dumb shooter at all. Um, the simpler bits also can get you like, isn't there a bit where Coltrane is remembering his life as a football player? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like how it, life, his life pre- the apocalypse as it were yeah. there and it's it's little moments like that which i find really interesting mm-hmm. oh yeah Lou, did you play gears of war this is going to be so terrible i've never played a gears of war game no, it's, it's <laughs> enough, no yeah <laughs> i think i play started playing them when the third one came out but a mate gave me one and two to catch up with and i think i think the problem i had is because i i got them like that and i blitzed through them to get to three they can then just become a bit generic dude bro shooter and i think yeah. that was a problem i had with the first couple <laughs> yeah that's how it is that's how they should advertise it dude bro shooter yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no gears of war especially you know and it's quite an iconic franchise for for the xbox as well hi microsoft you're still not following me by the way <laughs> <Xbox>. <laughs> uh, 
Lou, have you, what, what's your next one? Right, okay, this is just a single game, and it's going to be a bit more left field, and it's definitely not going to be to everyone's taste. It was a PlayStation exclusive, and it's Heavy Rain. Oh. And the only reason Jason. I say that is because <laughs> <laughs> I feel... Yeah. Jason! <laughs> I feel like it, it tried to do something different, but it was done really well, because as much as it was just a button-mashing fest, and don't get me wrong, I hate a quick-time event in a game, but the whole game was set out to just tell you a really good story. The decisions that you made genuinely did affect the storyline, and I went back to replay it however many times I could to get all of the alternate endings because I enjoyed it so much. Going from the best ending to the most depressing, like dark ending that you possibly could. I just thought it was brilliant at the time. I, I'm just going to put myself on mute, sit back, because I know Satsu is... Like, you've mentioned David Cage a few times on your podcast, oh, yeah. I think, haven't you? Well, so I'm going to sit back and enjoy this. <laughs> he, he is certainly an interesting guy, David Cage. <laughs> like, some of his... Like we did an episode on Heavy Rain because um we also did like my friend Adam and I we did a let's play on Heavy Rain and I have to admit like it was one of the funnest let's plays I think I've ever done in my life just like kind of because I remember that was one of the games I remember getting for I want to say my eighteenth birthday I think I got it for or something like that and I absolutely I totally agree I do love it um but some of his narrative choices and that you kind of watch, uh, like watch it unfold and you think there's a part, like when you look at that game, uh, Beyond Two Souls and Detroit Become Human, you're like, there's a pattern here for David Cage. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely got a motif for certain things. Um, but it's a fascinating game though. Like even behind the scenes, it is so, oh, it's so good. Yeah, See, I Heavy guess. Rain was the, the game that made me want to get playstation 4 eventually and the the thing is love it or hate it or love him or hate him like i said the games i like what they're trying to do now i actually the reason being is i've played um the, have you played fahrenheit or indigo prophecy i think that was his first game and it was on the pc and, and xbox and for about three quarters of the game it's actually quite a good tense thriller until it goes absolutely off the wall crazy in the last quarter of the game right with like yeah sort of dead characters being alive and things like that but for the first three quarters of an hour even though you know it's like a, a facade you it was great because you're playing it starts off with you your character committing a murder and then you've got to decide do you clean up the crime scene and the police cut close in on you or do you run away and leave a lot of evidence then you end up playing the police that are investigating the murder and it's quite a good little cat and mouse. You know, you're seeing both sides of the, the story. The problem I have with it, and it, it's actually in my mechanics list, is, like I said, the kind of like the, the quick time events. And just it just doesn't stick the land in his games, I think, for me. That's that's the issue. I think they're great fun. They're, they're a great ride as you're playing it. But yeah, it, it just, just doesn't quite, for me, fulfill it. But it was, like I said, the game that made me get a PlayStation 4. I think it's definitely the George Lucas problem, isn't it? Where nobody says no to him at times. <laughs> Except for maybe one or two things. Like, I don't know how true this is, but I remember hearing like a behind-the-scenes thing where he actually wanted to show you the scene where Jason gets hit by the car and everything. And Sony stepped in and said, yeah, no, we're not going <laughs> to do it. And I actually did laugh because apparently he pitched the game to uh, Microsoft 
And considering, you know, the serious nature of it being like a child abduction game, they were like, yeah, this wouldn't fit our brand. <laughs> so he went to Sony, got a 3DO um, <laughs> thing, and it was like... thing is, you can't say Heavy Rain, though, without me jumping straight away, say pre- press X to Jason. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> it's iconic, yeah. <laughs> you know, do check out, I think it's the opening to Fahrenheit, it's like a little tutorial to tell you how to how the controls work. And I think, whether it is actually him, but it's David Cage taking you through the tutorial, to showing you what to do. So, I mean, the guy's <laughs> put himself in this game. So, yeah, no, okay. No, I, th- I think that's, again, I think we can all say it's, whether you like it or loathe it, it's, it's an iconic game for the PlayStation, yeah, yeah. right? So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, my next one. Okay, I'll use the one I've already mentioned, Bioshock. I think they're a good yeah, series. I think the f- yeah. I've recently replayed them. I think the first one can feel a bit dated, but the story of like the you know the utopia that turns into is it dystopia and <laughs> the little sisters and through to I really liked Infinite as well. I think it's very different from the first two. But that moment where you know you burst out into the clouds was just because the first two games are quite dark and oppressive and then columbia being a totally different different landscape and and yeah i just really enjoyed the game and and the ending i thought was i thought was a great ending for me and they're making a netflix series i think this year aren't they no way i did not know that so yeah that's that's what i'm putting out to you too now is um is the bioshock series yeah i think uh, this is again going to be terrible i'm pretty sure i've only played the first one if i remember rightly but yeah, I know that the reception that it's had has been amazing. I know that you've spoken to me separately about it as well, about how much you've enjoyed those game series. So I don't think I can even doubt that one. <laughs> Sassy, what about, uh, well, you said you've you've done it on a stream. Well, that was the first podcast of yours I think I picked up on. Yeah. Uh, see, I'm the complete opposite. I came into with um with, I was about to call it Halo Infinite, <laughs> Bioshock Infinite even. Um yeah, with because again, my co-host keeps saying, "Oh, you should play the first one," and I have played like bits and pieces of it, but I've never got like very far into the first games. Whereas Bioshock Infinite was like the first game that I actually of the series that I got into. I played it. I absolutely loved the story. I mean, there's some bits that kind of sag here and there, but it kind of it, it's not the bits you remember really when you go back to play it. Like when you go back and play it, you're like, oh yeah, that's why I didn't like that bit or this bit. But the story is absolutely phenomenal. I totally agree. Yeah, it is incredible. Um, you know, the ending, for once a game does stick an ending properly. And also, you know, for me, the bit, I mean, I like um, the Beach Boys anyway, but, but you know, the, the opening bit where you've got the barbershop quartet fly past you singing a version of um, oh, God Only Knows. God, yeah. I still listen to that. Love it. They're so good, yeah. Lou, they they remastered. Go go buy them, play them. Oh yeah, no, I'm gonna have to download that <laughs> as well as Borderlands again now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've still only got a fat Xbox. I can't, I can't find my memory on my console. I can't take it. <laughs> did you actually did you play the DLC for Infinite? I did actually, yeah. So that um, kind of links into the original, so I wondered if how you Yeah, so because like the well, the twist in the first one's like so iconic. Yeah. I kind of got that spoiled for me. Oh. 
end, which oh, I know it's a shame because it does seem like a really good like twist. But I remember playing it, and I mean, I had fun with it, but it just felt so. Like I say, it feels bleak in comparison to the base game, but the base game was pretty bleak at yeah, the end. Yeah. But yeah. I felt as if like even more so. Um, I, I kind of appreciated what they were trying to do, but I'm quite curious because, of course, you being a fan of like the first one and everything, like, did you like the fact that they tried to link it all together? Yeah, I, I did, I, and it's kind of like, um, you know, like when you're a real fan of something, you you geek out when they reference something from from the past. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. I, I mean, and I still enjoy playing it for that reason. Yeah, I I, I just love it when a game well a film or a program can do that you know make you feel like that because i think sometimes only games can actually give you that kind of experience sometimes films and and, and books can't but yeah no definitely definitely so i'm just keeping an eye on the time because we could we literally could talk all night on this um, <laughs> i've got one more i've got one more heaven so we can then talk i've got the fallout and I've cheated. I've put Fallout slash Oblivion. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, you can't do that. I've cheated. You can't do that. If I had to, then I'll go for the Fallout series. But Oblivion is just a masterpiece for me. I've played that so many times. But because there's more of them, I'll go for the Fallout. <laughs> <laughs> there was no peer pressure there when I turned around and shrugged. When well, it's a bit of a cheat. And... No, it is. It's two, it's two <laughs> franchises. I, again, I just love them. RPGs. I love my RPGs. Um, they're fun. They're dark. They're bleak. But they also have a uh, have a bit of fun and yeah, some really interesting quests in them. Yeah, yeah, I agree with Fallout. I feel like as well, Fallout is one of the. It's it's a weird game because I feel like whilst there's they're they're huge maps, obviously, but I've never felt bored wandering through any of the Fallout worlds. If that makes sense, whilst they're really bare, I just really like the style. Um, New Vegas, I think, probably has to be my favourite one. I they're New Vegas they're rumouring a sequel for that. Oh, definitely going to be something that I play then. Um, Fallout 4 was good as well. I think Fallout 76, I haven't actually played that one yet, but had bad reception, I'm, I'm pretty certain. Um, but yeah, I can, I can get on board with Fallout being there. Satsu, any experience with the Fallout franchise? Oh, absolutely. Totally agree. Yeah, New Vegas is great. Um, I don't have to admit, I've always been more of an Elder Scrolls oh, yeah, person. Yeah, say that. Like with Skyrim and... yeah. I don't know what it is about Fallout. It's great, and it seems like the kind of setting I should be like drawn into, and it's something that's right up my alley. But at the same time, I'm like, I think it's because I got spoiled since I played Skyrim first, yeah, and then I went back to Fallout Three, and I'm like, damn. I think, <laughs> I think the Fallout games are clunkier. I would say that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Oblivion, well, I say recently, it's probably two years ago, I played it again to, to mop up the achievements and realised there was about six years in between when I got the first set of achievements. I, it is a game I love going back to. Um, I, I think it's just a really well done, well, well-written well game. Yeah, I agree. That can go in there. So, so, have you got any more Heavens? Um, I guess one more quick one is, I don't know if you guys have ever played this. Um, it's a game called Castle Crashers. No, I don't think I have. Yeah, well, Castle Crasher slash Battlebook Theater. It's kind of the same people who make them, but it's like it's like a kind of cartoony beat 'em up just with like these knights and everything. It's one of those games that like I got introduced to at 
during uni and my flatmate was like oh why don't you try this and like you know i swear like i studied at uni by the way (laughs) (laughs) i swear it was it was a couple of years ago but i swear i did study at some point but it it was just a lot of fun and it's one of those games where it's like the kind of old couch co-op style so yeah no absolutely love it it's kind of bright vibrant and just it's a bit annoying with its like difficulty curve okay, i will yeah, yeah. say but yeah once you get by that it's no nah, it's a lot of fun so what was that released on um it was yeah xbox and i actually don't know if it came out for the playstation it definitely came out for the xbox yeah. um and PC. Was it yeah. multiplayer? Did it have to be multiplayer? Because I wasn't sure if I yeah. think. Yeah, I think I remember seeing yeah. it, but just yeah, like I said, I kind of started going off multiplayer games after a while, mm-hmm. so just passed yeah. me by. <laughs> too, too many shouting at random people on the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lou, have you got any more? No, I think that's all. That's all of my heavens. I did have Until Dawn noted down oh, alongside okay. Heavy Rain, yeah. only because again it was a storytelling game. But I think I had to put Heavy Rain ahead of it. So Until Dawn will stay out of my okay. heavens because Heavy Rain's going to occupy that place. Okie dokie. Well, I think we've got some good games in there. Really, really good cross section. Right. Let's let's do some quick stuff about mechanics slash cliches. I think we kind of know what what we're saying. I've got a lot. I think I've got a lot more negative actually than I have positive. But... I don't have any positives. I don't uh, know what you're talking all about. Right, well, okay. Well, I, let's let's go around the table then. I'll do the mechanics at the, the positives at the end. But Lou, let's go. Let's go with you. Okay. This I think I'm pretty sure that I experienced this in Battlefield One, if I remember rightly. And the game opens up, and this is having to die to progress. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> so I remember, yeah. and they put you in different scenes, and um, it, it puts you in a really intense battlefield, battlefield, and you're being shot at from all sides. And I'm like, right, conserve your ammo, conserve your ammo. I'm sitting there for like 15 minutes. I'm like, this is a really endless set of spawning enemies. Then I die, get really frustrated, and then it cuts to another scene. And the whole intention was that you were supposed to die to begin with. I'm like, if I knew that, I would have just held a grenade in my hand just so I could have skipped this level, to be honest with you. Hate it. Can't get on board with it. I think I've done that before where I've actually cancelled the game, quit the game, <laughs> and then, then realised ultimately at the end that you had to, that, was, that was the intention. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah no, I can't get on board. Uh, Satsu, what have you got? This is going to sound like such a beginner great, but <laughs> see bosses with ridiculously large health bars oh, yeah. like yeah, yeah, the one yeah. i'm thinking of is i don't know if you guys have played destroy all humans <laughs> yeah. like see the one at the very end where it's like you defeat him and you think okay i've defeated the robot then he moves over to another bit you have to defeat him again <laughs> all the while these like random tanks and things are firing at you and they like i actually rage quit from <laughs> like the was yeah it was it was that fight because i got to the third stage and he conveniently decided to skip along to the local army barracks as i'm getting like shot and robocop from all sides and i'm like <laughs> i can't and it just it's kind of as if they want to say oh i want to make the game so difficult and challenging and it's like that's not the way to go just don't throw so much in the screen <laughs> it's like it's not a fair fight and i know that's the challenge but you're like Come on, guys. <laughs> JRPGs are the worst for that because if you haven't oh, leveled yeah. up, oh, God, the amount of games, I, and I love them, right, but I don't really want to keep having to do all the random battles and the amount of games I've 
I've had to give up halfway through because, yeah, I'm facing like a boss that's got like about a million hit points and I've got about 20. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Can, can I just tag something onto the end of that one? Because yeah, yeah. I think it relates. And this is bosses where you're getting to the very end of their health bar and then all of a sudden they mysteriously have some sort of regenerative thing that you didn't know about. This is my final form. Three <laughs> times, yeah. I remember, I think it was playing Dead Rising 4, I think the most recent one, um, terrible game <laughs> um, and I was sat there in one of the boss battles and I'm like right this has been it was really really difficult I'd literally reset my, my level about four times by, by getting to this point get to the last two health bars and then all of a sudden he jumps on a wall steals some electricity from a wall and now he's got a full <laughs> health bar again I said right okay so I actually need to do that at least twice and then it turned out it was three times to complete the uh, the set in order to defeat him so no I can't I, yeah I hate that as well <laughs> All right, if we're talking boss fights, I'll do my boss fight one. It's bosses with glowing bits that are the bits you have to shoot. (laughs) (laughs) And and it depends on the game, but there are certain... There's one in Mass Effect, but there are certain games where... And and I'm I'm sure the Resident Evil must be the same, where you're just fighting enemy after enemy. And then you get to this huge boss, but you can only shoot three tiny little bits on it, and only when they're glowing... That that really winds me up. That really because it, it takes you out of it takes you out of the immersiveness a little bit because you're saying right, I've just got to go for those. I can't just shoot it. I've got to shoot that particular spot and it's back. I've got to wait half a minute for it to turn around or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that's my first one. Um, Satsu, we'll go back to you. I suppose when a game gets a bit like too repetitive in terms of like collectathons and things. Yeah. Because I say that being someone who's played Animal Crossing, being like, oh yeah, that's a terrible mechanic, that's nothing but collectible. But like, in games like, and again, show my age here, but I remember when I was younger playing like Banjo-Kazooie and things like that. And, you know, you go around and you collect all the things to progress, but there's just some games where it's like you play them and you're just you're just doing busy work, you yeah. know? It's like, it almost feels as if, like, it's like a child simulator, <laughs> where it's like the game is your parent, and the parent's like, okay, I want you to do this game and that game. And it's like, when do I get, you know, the cool, like, sword or the box or anything? It's like, oh, no, no, you don't get that yet. You have to pick 10 dandelions <laughs> first. You're like, this is bull. <laughs> this is absolute <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> no, weirdly, I blame Grand Theft Auto for that because didn't they introduce like oh. collect a hundred this or that, didn't they? And, and so, so I blame them for introducing all that. Yeah, it was in. Oh, do you remember the uh, like Assassin's Creed games? It was like collect, you need to collect a hundred feathers, a hundred flags, and I'm like, right. I, I when I used to try and actually be a completionist as well. All I do online guide IGN. Where are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know in the old school games, like you said, Satsy, like the Banjo Kazooie, they were there, but that felt like that was, well, it was almost like an integral part of the game, which was the frustrating thing there. Whereas whereas these ones now, they're like little distractions, like, ooh, a feather, ooh, a feather, ooh, a feather. Yeah, okay, I'll I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, Lou, what have you got? Now, this is going to seem really um, hypocritical considering that Heavy Rain oh, of all no. games yeah. <laughs> was in my selection. I don't know where this is going. And that's, but this is specific. It's button mashing and or quick time events in a game that just doesn't need it. Um, I think the best example of this was, did either of you play Call of Duty World War Two? Oh, yeah. 
Do you remember in the campaign for that game, there were moments where like a German soldier would come out of nowhere, try and stab you in the chest or something, and oh. then you had to move the left stick to the point, then hit the right uh -huh. trigger, or all yeah. of a sudden it became a button mashing contest. This is Call of Duty. We don't need it here. This is not what we're playing this game for. I don't. And it, they always came out of nowhere. You always failed it the first time. Just, just didn't need it. So I don't think it it, it needs to be there in game franchises where it's not required. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I've got quick time events and. And I think they're only put in there because they want to do a like a, an action scene, but want you to feel part of it. Where I'm like, you're actually taking me out of it because yeah. I'm looking at the button prompt. I'll go back to that Fahrenheit again, that first David Cage game. There was one scene in it right at the start. It's very Matrixy. You're in an office, you know, like a, an office cubicle, and you're escaping these weird alien beetle things that are flying at you, right? And it's 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 a quick time event to get out of it, but I'd love to have watched the scene play out, but I couldn't because I'm looking on the screen because you have to push two two buttons. It's not just one. It's like two. And, you know, you, the, the left side and the right side could be up, down, left or right. And I'm like, do you know what? Give me the option not to be involved. I'd rather watch the scene play out. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Well, you could just sit and be a spectator. Yeah. I've recently just literally just finished replaying it last night. Um, It's called Azura's Wrath. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's kind of like... Uh, have you heard of it? Yeah. yeah, I think it's based on... I don't know if it's based on an anime, but it's kind of got that that style. And a lot of it is because it's just a, like a, a beat em up slash em up but the majority of it is quick time events to beat the enemy. And again, it's like... I'd rather just sit back and watch because some of them are insane, these cutscenes. But you're, again, you're taking me out because I've just got to hammer B down for about 20 times and then all of a sudden you might throw a Y button at me. <laughs> Yeah, quick time events, definitely. Yeah, Satsu, what's next? Oh, I'm, I'm rolling on with a negative train here. Oh, we're, we're, we're all very um, negative. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I suppose timed missions oh, yeah. have left like a very um, bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> Reason being, I remember, I can't remember when it was, but I did like a celebration stream where... I played Simpsons Hit and Run. Oh, I remember playing it. Yeah, oh, it's so good. I remember playing it when I was younger and everything, 100%ing the whole thing, thinking, oh, it was fantastic. Um, played it on stream. I had a very different opinion by the time I was finished. Like the, some of the mechanics, I don't know if it's because I was using like a capture card, so maybe that's why you know I, I wasn't doing this well, or maybe I'm just terrible <laughs> at the game now. But... There was one moment that this is as close I've ever got to rage quitting online, or sorry, on stream, where I was playing, you know, the final mission where you have to get the nuclear, like, waste barrel in um, Grandpa Simpson's car, and you have yeah. to go from one side to the other, you're getting chased by everything. I, I wouldn't mind if you just had to do that, but it's the fact as well, you have to outrun a car and everything, and the timer's <laughs> going down. And the bit that really like sent me over the edge, and I think like I tried it once after that, and I was like, "Listen, guys, I'm not completing this game on stream. I'm too angry." <laughs> was oh, we missed I, it. Oh, I got to like the you know when you go to the school when you leave the like the car to go up, and I kid you not, even though it was going up, even though it literally one second later and it would have blown up, like the timer timed out. And it was oh. like, sorry, try again. So even though you're underneath it, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't like have the yes, to yeah. like stop the timer and go. So yeah, ever since then, I was just like, I 
I, I think that's a great oh, shout. I think time missions are a oh. great shout, especially when they're just sprung upon you in a game. You know? Well, I always liked Dead Rising, but I think Dead Rising 2 was basically entirely timed, wasn't it? Like you only had a yeah. certain <laughs> amount of time to get to this mission. And the worst thing about that is that you couldn't, you couldn't do all of the achievements in a playthrough. You had to play through it four or five times because of the time restraint. Well, I never so, touched yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I literally never yeah. touched those games. I just didn't want to <laughs> because of that. <laughs> um, Lou, what, what about you? Okay. Now, this one is very, very general. Um, quite prevalent with the Call of Duty games, I think. It's just useless AI. <laughs> so, do you know, all of a sudden, you're, you are just the main character and you're the only person that's competent for doing anything get to this objective do this you need to retrieve this person you need to where are my teammates why am i the only one shooting anyone why is there an endless wave of enemies coming towards me and all you're doing is sitting behind cover they might as well not be there i'd rather not see them there if they're not going to help well i'll take take that one and add in companion (laughs) missions where you've got to accompany someone across a map and they're either lagging <laughs> behind you, get stuck, get killed. You know, they're, they're never as clever as your your AI. Like escort missions yeah, as escort well. Yeah, missions, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Terrible. Just get rid of them. I'm, <laughs> I've got a couple here. And Lou, I'm not sure if I'm going to nick a couple of yours, but I'm going to anyway, because I think you may have said this to me. But it's they're not bad in and of themselves. They just spoil something that's going to happen. And it's where you enter a room, I think Gears of War definitely is guilty of this. I know Mass Effect is guilty of this. You walk into a room and there's loads of cover. I see, you know, there's a boss fight that's coming up. You know, there's loads of walls that you hide behind or this. And likewise, you, you, you turn into a room and there's about 20, 30 boxes of ammo lying around. Yeah, health packs, that <laughs> yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. in the door after that, there's going to be a boss fight. And it's just like, oh, you're spoiling it. You're spoiling it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, really, really minor, but it annoys me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, God, we're so negative. Uh, Satsu, what have you got? I was going to go for the lengthy tutorials. Like, (laughs) thinking of, like, obviously, a game needs a tutorial to tell you how to play it and everything. But I'm thinking back to things like Red Dead Redemption 2. I know that's the most infamous one. like, I think it was so bad that South Park picked up on it. And they were like, I don't want to go back and play the snow level again. and everything. But it's like, when you want to play, you know, like a game again, you think, oh, I can't wait to, you know, relive all of this. Yeah. And then you're stuck in this lengthy tutorial and you're like, I know how all this works. I, I mean, Pokemon is very bad for it. <laughs> where it's like you get essentially mugged by someone in the bushes just saying, oh, do you want to know how to catch a Pokemon? And it's like, listen, I know this game's for five-year-olds. I'm, <laughs> I'm nearly 30 here, okay? I, I, I know my way around this game, so just you move on. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll go my way, you go your way, just go. It's like, oh, it's every time, though, and I get, like, why they do it. But, Actually, oh, yeah, it's just so and I'd add also similar to unskippable cutscenes, I would say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but you say that about tutorials, sorry. Look, we discussed it in our one. I'd throw the complete opposite and the most frustrating tutorial ever, Driver. Yeah, uh, you literally stole oh, the no. words out of my mouth. I turned around and was thinking, worst tutorial in the world. You know what? I think I looked this up afterwards as well, and I think they surveyed people that had played that game, and I think 20% of people turned around and said they didn't even beat the tutorial and never played the game. <laughs> have have, have oh, wow. you played Driver, Satsu? 
never. It's one of those ones I've seen the box art, but never gotten any further. <laughs> it was an amazing game, <laughs> yeah, but was, like yeah. they said, you had the tutorial was you had a minute to perform like ten stunts in a car park, mm. and if you didn't, you didn't you didn't get to the first level. You had yeah. to do it. Oh, you couldn't skip God. it. And it was it was one of the ones where you knew you could know what to do. It's just whether if you made that tiniest of mistake, that was it. Yeah, it, it was genuinely you were lucky to have completed the tutorial. In reality, nobody did it without a little bit of luck. And that was the thing: you're sitting there doing a slalom round the pillars in the thing, and then you've got to do a burnout, and then all of a sudden your timer runs out. Yeah, no, horrific. Can't believe the fact that it wasn't skippable, and people genuinely paid for the release and never played it because they couldn't do that level. <laughs> right, I'm going to blitz my last two. I'm going to skip this one quickly. I'm going to say unkillable enemies. And I know why they do that. It's like in Alien Isolation and Resident Evil. They do it to do a bit of suspense, but I don't want that suspense. I just want to go through the game. I don't want to not face an enemy that I can't kill. <laughs> but the one, the one I'll focus on is audio logs and logs. I mean, in Skyrim and, and Oblivion, you've got the books. Um, Mass Effect, you've got all these audio logs and, and, and things you pick up. And it's like, I love collecting them, but then I don't sit and, and go through them and read them. It's just too much. I want to get to the next level again. I don't, you know, I'm not going to read through a hundred logs I've collected. You know, you know what as well? I've recently been playing Wolfenstein. Oh, yeah. And that's in there as well. It's like, oh, this letter's on a wall. I'm just like, collect it just for the sake of collecting it in this level. Do I read them? No, it's a letter written by this person. To... I, I, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> let, 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 let me shoot, shoot some more well-equipped Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've got three positive ones, but you two go for it. If you've got more complaints at games you want to go. <laughs> just one thing from me. Well, one more negative, but... Just see when, and I'm thinking back to, have you both played uh, Vanguard yet for Call of Duty? No, I haven't, no. no. I think, uh, yeah, I've played it with a friend, but I don't own yeah. it. <laughs> so there's basically a scene at the end where you're supposed to chase down the super Nazi, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The way the way they lay out, it's just like, oh my God. But yeah, sorry, another rant. But <laughs> yeah, it's like games that aren't clear about what they want you to do. And yeah. and that, like, there's a scene where you have to chase them. And I remember I caught right up to them. So I'm like, oh, great. Pulled out my gun. Bam. That's it. Done. And the game like flashed up saying, oh no, you weren't supposed to do that. And I'm like, but but he was right. It was literally right there. What what, 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 what do you want? And then he ends up dying. Like, you're like, what? what's the... Oh, I hate when games do that. You're like, well, I've done the right thing just earlier. I'm just getting an up. achievement for that, yeah, really. Exactly. <laughs> oh, honest to goodness. But yeah, it's just so frustrating when you do like what they want before they're asking you. Yeah, you're like, yeah. come on, guys. But yeah, so... <laughs> Um, Lou, you said you had no more next. No, nothing further and definitely no positives, unfortunately. <laughs> when I say positives, I've got some really... I, I wanted to think of some. So I'll start with the thin end of the wedge. I put fast travel. I love the ability to fast travel in yeah. games. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good mechanic. No, don't, because you show me a game where the, you don't have fast travel and it's a game I've switched off. No, no, no. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Because you know what? When, when I was looking into this episode... I heard someone talk about fast travel and this is the way it, it was beautifully put. If a game has fast travel and it comes as a relief, it means that there was something wrong with the game to begin with. I, I kind of see that opinion, but 
if it, when you're playing games that have got massive maps, I don't want to necessarily traverse all the way back. What I like doing is discover an area, do everything I have to do in it. And then if I've got to then walk all the way back to that to pick up one quest item for, to go back to that town. No, let me just fast travel there. Okay, so, okay. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll accept it based on your explanation. <laughs> another, yeah, another small one I've got is um, in Gears of War, I think it, it came in. I don't know if other games do it, but the Active Reload. Oh yeah, the little mini game where it's it's a mini game when every time you reload, so you've got if you hit it in, there's a little bar that appears, and if you hit it in the middle, doesn't it give you more ammo in that clip? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now, for someone like me who always enters a battle with only one bullet in in the clip, it, it might it does remind me to reload, and like I said, it does can give you a little bit of an edge. So it's again just a little funny little one again i know like i said it's very tenuous sorry tenuous but one i will mention the proper one and it hasn't been fleshed out properly but it's a nemesis system in the lord of the ring games oh yeah so i I think lou i think i touched upon it in our episode but satsu have you have you played them or you know what the system is right yeah no yeah definitely so so lou it's one where your enemies it's, it's supposed to be like as it says you if you come up against an enemy and you defeat an enemy of that type, the rest of that type will hold a grudge against you. They will remember that you killed one of their okay. type. Okay, okay. If you fight one of the, say, the, the, the bosses and, and you don't kill them, they get away. But say you've injured them, they might either be relegated in their gang because they've lost a fight to you and ran away. And when you meet them they will want to be all out to get you to regain their respect and might have that injury. So if you've like chopped an arm off, they won't have that arm or if you. Okay. Okay. I like that. And if they've killed you, because obviously you come back, they will basically take the piss out of you when they next see you, <laughs> you, you know, so, so, you know, there's scope there to do something really clever in a future game. Yeah. I like that. That's, that's cool to be fair. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's it. That's all I had. Has anybody got anything else on games? I tell you what, can we just finish on the worst, like, cliche ever in games? Go for it. Go Red for barrels. It. <laughs> don't stand next to them. And if an enemy's next to them, just put bullets in them. Because for some reason, whether you're on a spaceship or you're in um, <laughs> Call of Duty or you, likely you could have been in Simpsons Hit and Run. There must have been stuff in that yeah. game that explodes. Absolutely everything that is red will explode at some point. So, yeah, I just I can't. What, what, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? Why can't we put a, a stack of bricks next to the enemy that we can shoot the tag on? Why does it always have to be red barrels? I feel like it's a really lazy way of putting environmental effect into games. I just I'll think it's lazy. That. <laughs> I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Satsu, anything anything more on the, the gaming front? I'm, I'm just thinking going off of that, um I'm thinking more of like Gears of War, um, Call of Duty, think like usually first person shooter games or third person shooters where you come into a room and you're like, Oh wow, this has got, you know, chest high walls, it's got all <laughs> yeah, the ammo, yeah, yeah. it's got all the supplies I could ever need, and then you're like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, oh, something big's coming, isn't it? And then, yeah, two seconds later, you're like, yep, I regret my life choices. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. I I think we'll wrap up in a a second. I will just do the the thing that we we started last week. So we kept forgetting to, to kind of share the love that we get sort of online. So 
what I started doing last episode was to just kind of give on good pods like the reviews we got. And I was thinking this could have been awkward, but I've seen Chat Tsunami has given us a five star rating for our last episode. So, so <laughs> awkwardness averted. Uh, so thank See, the, <laughs> I didn't send the snacks in time, <laughs> yeah. but I did send the review in time. So. Yeah, so, so this is for our um, crazy competition. So, Kay from Fuck My Work Life, she gave us five star. And Lou, she said, Lou's accent was pretty good. This is your American accent. I may need to take a trip over to the UK to see the cheese rolling contest. Um, Decaying with the boys gave us five stars. Josh from Talking Smack gave us five stars. Antonio from Cultworthy, five stars, and said he he votes that we start a cell phone skipping contest where we skip phones like stones across <laughs> a body of water. Um, it might feature in part two of ours. Chatsunami gave us five, so thank you. And Shane from Shane and I gave us five stars, so thank you. So, Satsu, thank you very much for coming on. You know, like I said, I, you know, honestly do love your podcast. And you were, like I said, when I when I went through the DMs and, and found out I contacted you in October, that, that's how long I've been wanting to get, get this sorted. So my apologies on that. Um, do you want to plug your channels and socials and any links? Yeah, sure. Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me on. It's been absolutely fantastic. It has been a laugh, so thank you. Um, so yeah, um, if you want to check out my uh, podcast, Chat Tsunami, you can check us out on pretty much the same place as you guys, I think. Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, you know, all the good podcast apps. And yeah, if you're morbidly curious about my gaming content, <laughs> where I make an absolute you-know-what of myself, um, <laughs> check out um, Satsunami42 at Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, um, you know, all the good um, social medias. I was about to say TikTok there, but I barely use that anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I gave up when I realised the algorithm was not playing ball. So. <laughs> we have a, we need to start using that properly as well. But yeah, no, we'll put we'll put some links in the in the description oh, as well. You. So um, yeah, no, uh, thanks uh, thanks for joining us. Um, yeah. As as I mentioned at the start, check out live stream for the cure. You can get us if you like what you hear and want to suggest a a, a topic. You can get us at castingviewspod at gmail or at Casting Views on Twitter. Um, before we wrap up, Lou, do you want to say goodbye? Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, Satsu, for being on, because I think this has been one of the best episodes I've been part of. I think it's brilliant. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's been wicked. <laughs> we'll finish with, we know there's a lot of podcasts from which you can choose, so we thank you for listening to Casting Views. Thank you.